0: There's another one you don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's a Dwight.
1: Welcome to episode 33 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. As always, I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here welcoming you to another episode of the show, and thank you so much for checking it out. I am uh, sitting here late night in the WRFA studios recording this, coming out Monday, and uh, this is uh, Sunday night here, about 11.30, so uh, probably won't get this out right at midnight, probably a little later after that, you know, working into Sunday night, into Monday morning, but, uh, you know, wanted to make sure we got to this, wanted to do the August rundown. We're at yet a, you know, the end of another month, truly insane and uh, kind of kind of that transition from like summer to fall, you know, depending where you're at. I don't I don't know what the weather's like, but uh, where I'm at, I think it's going to be like September 1st is going to hit and it's just going to be fall weather right away. Like it, it's freezing. Like right now I'm in the studio in a long sleeve. And, uh, I, am pretty sure I would be comfortable in a crew neck. I don't even think I'd be sweating in here. Um, it is, it is getting so much colder out. And I was thinking about it too. It's funny because like, I remember back in like April, like, like March and April, I'd say, um, like in the beginning of this, I loved going for walks at night. And, uh, and I guess that's really not new to the pandemic I always have, but I was just laughing at it because You know, like, during, like, March and April, like, at night, it would be, like, 40 degrees outside. But, like, at that time, just because it's so cold in western New York to begin with, at that time, they didn't even care. Like, I'd I'd just throw on a jacket, and I'd be like, oh, that's fine. Like, and I'd go walk for, like, an hour and a half, like, just all around at night. Like, I love doing that. But now, like, as as summer's here, you know, I, I like going for night walks. But the second that it, like, drops to, like, 60 degrees at night, I'm like, no, it's too cold. And then it just feels weird. Like I don't mind throwing on a jacket going for a walk. I think it like, you know, like in the, in like the winter time, but by the time it's summer, like there's just something about it where I'm like, if I got to put like a hoodie on at night to go for a walk, I'm like, nah, screw it. It's too cold. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely changing here right now, but I also love the fall. So I'm like, like this weather, like as it gets colder, like right now it's weird cause it's still August, but in a week or two, here, I'll be like, no, this is what it's supposed to feel like. And then it will be, uh, you know, it'll be time to change the old, uh, you know, the playlist again, too. It's, uh, I, I talk about it on here, but, but, you know, like there's certain, there's just certain soundtracks for certain times. You know, you have the, you have those records or those songs that, you know, during summer, I feel like you listen to a lot. And then, you know, you can get even more specific. There's the ones you're listening to. You know, in the daytime when you're like driving around the windows down and then there's like, you know, a whole nother one that you're listening to, like, you know, if you're going for a ride at night, you know, like like all that different stuff. I was uh like a week or two ago now. I was uh, out in a cabin for about a week. And uh I remember for a, a, a few nights there, I, I'd stay up really, really late and just, you know, probably be the last one awake. And, uh, just laying out like under the stars, just like with my, you know, like with my hoodie under my head, just laying in the dirt and just looking straight up at like the stars. And there's just, you know, that's another one where it's like, there's just perfect music to set that time, you know, to like set that mood. And it's like, it's funny because not just anything will do, you know, it's not, it's not a time. Like I won't just throw something on shuffle. Like I won't put my phone on and throw it on shuffle because at like 3am just looking at the stars, like. There's certain things that I don't want to listen to that just won't, you know, like fit the mood. But, uh, you know, then there's like just certain songs and certain records and stuff that you're just like, oh, my God, like it's it's just made for that, you know. And like I hate to beat a dead horse. I mean, I feel like this record comes up every time I talk about, you know, things like this. But like Jimmy World's Clarity, like that's one where it's like that record at like 3 a.m. under the stars is like perfect but you know it it that one that one also works a lot of other places too it's funny like that one's kind of a good fall record as well though i don't know that that's the best jimmy Eat world fall record either i uh bleed americans a pretty good fall record and uh you know it's funny surviving is i think probably going to be one at least for me but it might also be from association because i remember listening to that record a lot last uh fall and, uh, you know, it's kind of something that I already I, I think I already associate with fall because of that, because whenever I listen to it, it's already transported me back like a year. So I'm like, I, I I think that one for me personally, and it might it may totally be just because that's when I would, you know, started really listening to it. But I'm like, that's a pretty good fall record. um You know, a few Jimmy World's great at that, though. I mean, they, they have them. They basically have a record for like all your moods and like, you know, all different times of day and seasons and uh, whatnot. But yeah, you know, it's kind of it's kind of that time right now where that stuff's kind of shifting and uh, you know, like like right now, like during the summer, like this year, I think a huge summer record for me was Newfound Glory's new record. Perfect summer album. And then it's like, you know, as we go here into like September, if I listen to Newfound Glory, then I'll probably start listening to like Catalyst. Like Catalyst is another one where I'm like that one to me is a good fall record. Um, Coming home, I would say is a good fall record, but I don't listen to that one a ton But I would still put it in that category. Absolutely. I would still say that uh, You know, it fits in there on one of those, you know, like I love I love in the fall going for rides You know, it's like the leaves are changing and you know that that kind of stuff and uh, that's a good That's a good record. I feel like for that But uh, yeah, you know as that stuff changes, you know as the seasons change here So do my playlists And, uh, you know, what is, what is on your fall playlist, you know, hit me up power at gmail.com. But like, what are you listening to in the fall? Like, what are your, once again, songs or records, you know, because sometimes, sometimes it's not even full records from bands. It's like, there's just certain songs, you know? And then, I mean, I guess too, you know, as we go into fall, there's like obvious ones, you know, like the misfits, you know, as, as we're going like closer and closer to Halloween, it's like, you really can never go wrong with the misfits. Like. It's funny because I mean they work like any time of the year, but it's like they just work so much better in like September and October because like in the middle of July, like I, I'll still listen to them, but like some of those songs are like yeah, it does, some of them do kind of feel like out of place. You're like oh like this this more, more the ones where they're talking about Halloween, I guess. There's other ones where like in my in my uh, opinion, like where Eagles Dare. That's actually a good, like, summer song. That That's one you can blast, like, going down the road, you know, on a hot summer day. That's, a, that's kind of actually, funny enough, like, a good example of a Misfits-like summer song. Not one that you would really think, you know, not a band you really associate with summer, but I guess there's, like, one or two in there. But uh, overall, definitely a really good fall band, you know. But, yeah, you know, let me know what you're going to be listening to coming up here because, I mean hell you may be listening to this and it is september i mean it's it's uh it's coming faster and faster you know it's it's just such a it's such an odd year but i think one of the weirdest things to me is how fast it's went by because i would have thought that this year was gonna drag on like i really did like i if you would have asked me it's like oh my god it's gonna be like painfully slow but to be honest i'm like i can't believe we're already going into september like it's just nuts You know, and at the same time, it also feels like, you know, the beginning of the year is such a like far distant memory. You know, like those first couple months when things were still, you know, everything was open and things were still normal. Like that all feels like, you know, a lifetime ago, even though, you know, in actuality it was like five or six months, you know, but uh, it feels so much longer than that. And, uh, you know, but, but still with that said, you know, once again, it's like I can't believe... We're going to into, uh, September, you know, but it, it's also like one of those things where it's like, no matter what goes on, it's like, time does not stop, you know, even, even though kind of society and everything else has kind of stopped, you know, time, time just keeps on going. And, uh, and yeah, you know, this, that's where we are now. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's just absolutely crazy. You know, like I, I saw the other day too, and I, I hadn't really kept tabs on it, to be honest, um, in a way, I, I wasn't even sure if it was going to happen. I think I I think I think might have been talking about it. I don't know if it was on the podcast or the radio show a week or two ago. I think I was talking about Archers of Loaf, maybe, because they had a Record Store Day release. But uh, what I was mentioning was, like, I don't know if Record Store Day had even happened or not. And uh, it was, like, two days ago, apparently, it happened. It would have been uh, last Saturday. Um, so it would have been, I believe, like, August 29th, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, like I, I didn't even realize it was like still going on. Like I I had no clue. It it, it was just so weird, you know, like and I don't know. I, I'm conflicted on it. Like I, I was once a pretty big record store day guy. And, uh, you know, I, I, I used to be a pretty good vi- or a pretty big vinyl collector. I really don't anymore. I mean, I'll, I'll still buy records, but I'm just not, you know, there, a very long time ago, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like like all the different variants and stuff like that. And then I kind of slowed down doing that, and I wasn't, you know, I'd buy, like, one variant and stuff, and I wasn't as much of the collector because there was a time where I really got a kick out of that. Like, Because, cause really, if you are a collector, vinyl really is pretty fun. Like, now it's kind of an oversaturated, but it's, like, it was fun there for a while when it's, like, not only are you getting, like, an album that you love, but it's, like, it's limited to, like, 300 or, like, 200 and stuff. Like, that's pretty rare. You know what I mean? Like, if you're buying, if like, if you're a collector of something – and depending on the size of the band, it's like that's pretty damn rare when like, you know, they put out like variants of like say a hundred. Like it doesn't matter if it's a record, it doesn't matter if that was a t shirt, you know, like it, it could be anything, a figure, like any kind of any kind of merchandise. Like if you're a collector, it's like that's pretty damn cool. But uh, you know, so so at one point I was pretty much I was really into record store Daddy and there were there were a couple years there. Where I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I spent a couple hundred dollars. Um, you know, I, I dropped, I dropped some serious money. I would say, if memory serves me well, probably 2013 and like 2015 were like the two years where I I spent a couple hundred dollars, like a, I I uh, three hundred maybe too much, but I would say. 200 isn't enough. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, maybe I may have spent like 250 and, uh, you know, not, not like, like now I would, I would never do that. Like I, I would, I would be sick to my stomach to even pay that, which even then I was like, yeah, I don't know what I should be spending this, but you know what it is, what it is is it record store day. Funny enough though, here's the other thing is I have since, I haven't flipped, you know, and I've always talked about this. Like I'm not I'm not a record flipper in that sense. I have a big collection and I have sold like some of my collection off on eBay, um, you know, at times, but I've never I've never done that with intentions. You know what I mean? I never buy a record with intentions of I'm going to sell this shit for money. But uh what I will say is I've sold not even all my records, but a handful of records that I bought during those record store days and uh they they have since paid back what i spent on those i i gotta say like for as many records as i bought during those times i had a couple that were like worth maybe a hundred here a hundred there where like you know you sell like three of them and all of a sudden it's like well that like just reimbursed me for all of record store day 2013 you know which uh you know not a uh i guess not a bad thing overall because yeah you know there was a time where i'd like look at what i spent on records i'm like jesus christ like that's insane. Like I got to stop doing that. So like in a way, then then you don't feel so bad when years later, you know, I, I sell a couple of these records for like, you know, quite, quite a bit more than I paid for them. And you're like, well, I mean, I guess, I guess it wasn't all, you know, stupid. Like, I guess I did make some money back. Plus I still have, you know, most of my collection. But anyway, you know, like with record store day, I, I used to really have fun doing it, but it's like, I, I don't know. I'm conflicted with this year. I'm like, should they have even done it like I mean, I, I guess I guess I get it like, you know, there are already releases being being put out earlier this year for it. You know, there was things announced. But my thing, my my whole thing with it is just it seems like the fanfare and like the whole kind of fun thing around it just wasn't there this year. And understandably, you know what I mean? Like totally understandably. But it's like, you know, like I saw some people posting about it and it went out and like and that's great. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like, listen, it gets people out to record stores. That's awesome. That's always been the objective of it. And I think that's great. And including right now, you know, more than ever, there's a lot of record stores that could use that support. So, I mean, I think it is still a great way of getting people out there. But what I'm saying more of is, you know, normally there's years where like it's insane, like you go through your feed and uh, you know, just everyone's posting about the shit they got, what they're looking for. You know, and that used to be fun too. It's like I, I remember, you know, going on like Twitter and like hitting up friends and stuff. We'd be like, who, you know, like what are you looking for? Well, what are you looking for? And we'd go look, you know, for each other for stuff. And you know, you'd be like, oh, hey, like you know, like I'm in, like I do a lot of my shopping up in Buffalo. Like we'd, uh, like here in here in Jamestown, I'd go to uh, Goodland Records or not Goodland Records, uh, I believe it was, god damn, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm blanking, I'm blanking on the name right now. Goodland Records is a great record label ran by, uh, Johnny Phillip, who was in, uh, Limbeck and the Benjamins, and, uh, a bunch of other, played with Tommy and a bunch of other, uh, um, bands, and just great, great guy, but, uh, uh good city records. I'm I wanna say god damn I, I and I loved it too. And I, I'm drawing a blank. I believe it was good city records at that at that point. They had like two different names or two different locations. We did have a nice little record store here in Jamestown, which is awesome because uh I mean it was the only record store we had, but like in a cool little almost almost what I would say was like a converted old living room. Um, but a great record store and I'd go there and, uh, actually had a really nice selection for being a small record store in a uh, smaller city here, really solid selection. And I I started a, a few of my years there, but, uh, would end up in Buffalo, go drive up to Buffalo and hit up, uh, you know, a bunch of different record stores while I was up there. That would always be fun. But, uh, Yeah, you know, do stuff like that. So I'd hit people up on, like, you know, Twitter and stuff. I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm going to be in Buffalo. You know, like, what releases are you looking for? And I'd have, like, a buddy in St. Louis, and he'd be like, you know, I'm going here and here. Like, what are you looking for? And, uh, you know, it would just be a lot of fun, and you'd see a lot of people, like, you know, posting pictures of what they got and, like, just all that different stuff, and you really didn't see it this year. You know, I saw a handful of posts. I saw a few people who went out and got some stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just not, it's just not the year. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, like once again, it's like, I guess things were probably already pressed. So it's like, I get it. The stuff was already paid for, was probably put out. So it's like, you got to put it out, but it's just like, it kind of, it's kind of a bummer. Cause you just look at it and you go like, it's just not really getting the attention or anything this year. You know what I mean? It's almost like, I don't know. part of me still though, like, I don't know, maybe you should just skipped it, you know, or. Like, I, I believe they postponed it, you know, because it's normally not in August. I don't think it's ever been in August. Um, it's normally in, like, March or April. And, uh, yeah, like, I, I think maybe they should have just skipped it. Or, or the other thing, too, is they always do, like, that that that, like, smaller record store day for, like, Black Friday. You know, it's never as big as the one earlier in the year, but they do that. And I'm almost, like, wondering if they should have just not done the one in August and just said, you know, screw it. We'll just do one, you know. For Black Friday in November because I mean I'm sure this stuff is still going to be the same like it's not going to be any, any less weird but I just think you know it gives it it buys you a little more time and then I guess that's a little more normal too you know you do give people a little more normalcy where it's like oh yeah like record store day like Black Friday you know you associate with it where for me I mean I just I didn't even I swear like I mean and I'm normally someone I mean I have participated different years like I said, dropped hundreds of dollars in the past. Like you know, I, I I follow what Record Store Day is doing, and I had no fucking clue that you know it was it was still going on and that it was going on. You know, like on Saturday, I was just like I I I don't know. Like maybe I'm the one out of the loop, but just from what I could tell, it just you know it it kind of had a real did not have a boom this year. More more kind of a a little pitter patter. You know, that, that was not that was not heard very, very far, if you will. But uh yeah, you know, I, I don't know, maybe and and I have to look too. I believe there there were a few releases that, like earlier this year that, that looked cool. Like I said, that Archer's the loaf one. There was a uh the replacements they put that uh inconcerated that uh came out, I believe actually the entire concert, which uh was just finally released last year with that Dead Man's Pop box set, which uh such a great box set but uh I believe they did just put that out on vinyl um for Record Store Day which that would be cool to have that would definitely be cool to have. The Replacements are one of like like I was mentioning, you know, I used to collect a lot of records and I really don't anymore, but there are a few bands where I'll still collect things and like want, you know, like I kind of want like every, you know what I mean, like every variant whether it's like, you know, I want it on CD and vinyl and all that stuff. And The Replacements are one of those, you know, anything that uh anything that they put out I'll, I'll just like self admittedly. it's like you if you throw the replacements name on it I'll probably buy it and uh, thankfully they don't they don't abuse that too much though like like that's a that's a band whose legacy I think has been handled pretty well like they put out you know what I mean like they do the box sets and stuff like the please to meet me box set which is coming out here in September which I'm in, insanely stoked for that's one of my favorite records of all time um, my favorite record of the 80s my favorite replacements record. So I'm pretty excited for that box set coming out. But, uh, you know, like I, like that's the thing. I think they've all, they've always been pretty good with that. Like when they've re-released records from the replacements and done like reissues and stuff, they've normally added bonus material and, you know, outtakes and rare stuff. You know, it's normally, it's normally not just, Hey, we, you know, quote unquote remastered this record. So you can buy it for the 20th time, you know, like they, they don't tend to do that, which, uh, you know, I like very much they were like merch. They don't shit out just, you know, different merch constantly and stuff. Really, they have the opposite problem where they don't put out enough merch and you end up buying like like I own a few official replacement shirts. But honestly, I definitely own more bootleg replacement shirts than I do officially licensed ones, which it is no has nothing to do with like like because I don't want to give, you know, Paul Westerberg my money. It's that. They just don't really make them. You know, they made those shirts for reunion shows like five or six years ago. But it's like those like I just think they finally put some of those back online. But like they were for sale and then they weren't anymore. And uh, I think they just might have found some more. I know when I saw Tommy Stinson last year, he had a box of random shit from uh, like the replacements reunion tour that he was selling. And uh, and I definitely bought a shirt that was like. I I don't know if it was the tag was wrong. I don't know what it was, but that shit was so was definitely not the size it said. It seemed like it was three sizes too small. But uh I also I also had to keep it just cuz I mean, once again, I I when you collect everything that says the replacements on it, even the damn shirt doesn't fit, you're like whatever, it'll, it'll sit in the closet. But uh yeah, you know, they really they don't abuse that too much. You know what I mean? Like they're not one of those bands that like we're just going to keep putting out, you know, T-shirts and and all that. Because some bands do. Some bands become, you know, let's just be honest. The the merchandise kind of overshadows the, you know, the legacy of like the music. You know, there's uh, and some bands aren't like like I mentioned earlier, like the Misfits. You know, that's a band who I feel like the like, don't get me wrong. I mean, there there are tons of people who probably would know the Crimson Skull um you know the the logo before they even could name a misfits song but with that said the misfits are still huge you know what i mean like they they, they reunite and play stadiums and shit and uh you know it's like like they're ones where i feel like like it, it's pretty well balanced but i mean there there're definitely bands out there that uh you know released a handful of records maybe and uh have have now survived longer off you know like merch of of said uh of said records and stuff than uh actually like putting out more music and shit you know some bands some bands definitely do that so thankfully the replacements are not like that maybe it's just out of laziness but uh you know either either way I, i'm kind of happy that you know what what comes out is actually pretty high quality stuff you know because there are some bands which yeah it's like the the legacy of it which you know isn't even the band's fault. A lot of times, it more has to do with the labels. And you know, Rhino has uh, done a great job with the reissues. Bob Mayer, who did Trouble Boys, you know, writing a bunch of liner notes and putting all this stuff together, um, you know, just really good stuff. And like, like I said, I'm really excited for that Please to Meet Me box set. I still got to go grab it. There's uh there's some really cool pre-orders up that that have a bunch of, like a reprint of the placemats. If you've ever seen them, they you know uh, the you know everyone calls their placements the mats. And they uh, they made promotional placemats for uh, pleased to meet me back in the eighties. You know, like those, like you know, you go to like a diner and they give you like one of those paper placemats, like one of those, like it, it, it's awesome. And uh, I think they have like tote bags, maybe a t-shirt and stuff. They have, they have different pre-orders. I think a cassette, maybe of uh, of some live stuff or something. I believe it's a cassette. They did that with a Dead Man's Pop as well. They they did like some outtakes and stuff on a cassette. That, uh, you had to, you had to get, which I got shout out electric fetus in a uh, Minneapolis I ended up getting to a uh, score one, but, uh, that, that too, Rhino has been really good with like giving you goodies too. like when you pre-order that stuff or you get it in like, like indie record stores, like they always have really good goodies. Like they had like the paper cut out figures of the replacements a few years ago for the first sale live at Maxwell's album. And, uh, you know, some really cool like posters for the LP, uh, Reissues like five or six years ago, like different stuff like that. I uh, I it, it's it's funny too because you know I, I try to hunt that stuff down just because I'm such a huge replacements fan and uh, you know You go to record stores and like sometimes they'd have it some wouldn't like so like I I forget which one I bought, but I bought one of those uh, I bought the I bought the twin tone box set that they put out they did the twin tone years and then they did the sire years And I got the first four releases from Twin Tone in a vinyl box set and where I bought it had none of the extra shit with it Like they had like vinyl slip mats. They had like some posters some stickers some pins But uh, the place I bought it didn't so after that I wanted that stuff So anytime I'd go to record stores, I'd just try to sweet-talk, you know, like the employees which it's funny like sometimes you go in and, you, like, some of them don't give a shit. Like, if you buy something, they'll they'll give you those promos. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times they do that where, like, it doesn't even matter. Like, like they don't always – I worked in a record store for, like, a hot minute a few years ago. And, uh, you know, it's kind of if the person even remembers. Like, we just keep all the promo shit, like, underneath the cash register. And you're just supposed to remember where, like, you know, if a dude comes up and buys, like, a Jeff Tweedy CD – There's like poster, you know, like they get like a fucking Jeff Tweedy poster and you just got to kind of remember that. And it's like, you know, half the time you forget. So, you know, unless and unless the person asks, too, because like half the people know they're supposed to get something and the other half don't care, don't know. So, uh, you know, a lot of times it's hit or miss. But I'd go in there and you kind of try to sweet talk them. And sometimes you'd get someone who's really cool and gives you that shit. And then others like, nah, man, you got to buy it. But, uh, you know, it it is it was funny because I just I'd go all these different places and like sometimes like like I remember one place. It was like Chicago. Like I bought like a Husker do pin and a big star pin. Like I spent all of two dollars at this place and I asked the woman if I could have uh, one of the replacements posters that they put out. I think that one was for the sire years. That was for the second box set they did. And uh, she gave me like two or three of them. She's like, yeah, totally. And like. I spent like two bucks there, like and she just gave me like two or three of those posters, which were quite rare, which was awesome and then I went to another one, and I spent like seventy dollars on stuff and bought no replacements uh i you know what though I did buy Paul Westerberg's fourteen songs on vinyl, so uh, that's kind of the connection there, but you know I didn't buy the box set, and they just they refused, like they had a bunch of the promos that I saw behind the the desk, and they're like, nah like you gotta buy you gotta buy that box set. But uh, yeah, Rhino, Rhino is pretty solid with those uh, with those extra goodies you get for a lot of other bands, too. But for the replacements, they put out stuff that I'm like, that's really good. That's actually really thought out and stuff. And like I said, with Bob Mayer, too, knowing that he's legitimately a huge replacements fan. Like, you know, it's great that he's out there archiving stuff, researching things, writing the liner notes like there's there's quality behind it. You know, there's absolutely a quality. That uh, you don't always get, you know, I mean, how many how many albums have just been once again remastered and and maybe even remastered if that and just kind of thrown out there for like, you know, 15 bucks. It's like here, go buy this album again. It's like there's nothing, out, you know, nothing added to it. There's no real reason to buy it, but not with these. They do a really good job. So I'm pretty stoked for that. Uh, pleased to meet me box set coming out here in a couple weeks. I do got to pre-order that, get those get them goodies there, but uh yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. I was so stoked with uh last week's guest Bill McShane of Ultimate Fakebook when uh when I was talking to him and and he mentioned the uh, replacements as well as uh, super drag it it was like like I mean, I was already a fan of the new record and like I knew he liked those bands because I mean for one He name dropped super drag on the new record, which just I I felt I already liked the record But once I heard him name drop super dragon after hours at Malines, i'm like, oh my god like this this fucking rules But uh, you know, it, it was great talking about the replacements We talked about it a little more too when the mics were off afterwards. It's there's just certain bands where like if I know you're a fan, it's like we just gotta get into it. Like it, it doesn't matter what I'm interviewing you about. Like if the replacements get brought up, like we just we gotta have that discussion. They're just, you know, they're my favorite band. That's another that's actually another good fall band. Um I would I would definitely say I associate them with the fall. Um and even outside of that, I mean really actually if you don't I mean, if you don't know the replacements, you don't listen, you know, you don't know that much about them. You got to fucking change that. The greatest band of all time. Paul Westerberg is god and uh, you can quote me on that. But uh, and and it and it's true because I used to have a pair of Vans that uh, I wrote that on the side of on uh, on both of them Westerberg is god. So uh, it has to be true. It was written on my slip-ons. But uh yeah, if you've never really checked them out, there's not a better time than the fall to start listening to them. Um and and outside of just the replacements, I mean like their later stuff like like Paul Westerberg's first couple solo records are really good fall stuff, like 14 songs in, and eventually, like those I would say are both really good. And uh but the one that really takes cake, I think, is Bash and Pop's Friday Night is Killing Me. Number one, it's the greatest post replacements release in my opinion. That's Tommy Stinson's uh post mats band. But uh Friday Night is Killing Me is like the best one. And number two, one of the best like fall records. That title track, um start with that. I mean that's that right there is a great fall song. But that whole that whole uh, record, I think, because part of it too is there's kind of a melancholy, kind of a uh, like kind of a kind of melancholy, melancholic vibe over. I feel like a lot of the songs, It just really works for the fall. That just really kind of works, like I was talking about that, like driving around with the leaves changing. Um, and also, something like too, like around here, like uh, you know, like I'm in Western New York, but as you kind of go more upstate too. Um, there's there's just certain places you drive through where I go, like you just drive through the small towns, you watch the East Change and shit, and I'm just like, it's just a great soundtrack to it. Um, you know, just a solid record. But I mean the replacements as a whole, including though, like, Let It Be and Tim and uh and I would probably say Don't Tell a Soul or like the three best Matt's records for like the fall, I think. There's just certain There's a certain vibe on there, you know, and then and some kind of kind of the more like faster shit I'd say is more summertime. Like Sorry Ma, to me, that's more of like a summertime record, whereas when the fall hits, you know, I'm throwing on Tim. I'm throwing on Let It Be. Um, Don't Tell a Soul for sure. And and All Shook Down, actually, too. All Shook Down, I think, is also a pretty good uh, fall record, you know, kind of that kind of that more mid-tempo. You know what I mean? It's it, it's less of the punk stuff. It's more mid tempo and uh, some ballads on there, obviously, and uh, some of those some of those definite more like Paul Westerberg singer songwriter type songs and stuff. But that just works. You know what I mean? I think that just works. Some of the best fall stuff. So you know, my my favorite band. I mean, so I I, I may be a little biased at it, but truthfully or honestly, if you uh, if you're listening to this and you don't really listen to the replacements, you. you or you've never listened to them, go change that shit. They're a great fall band. Not a better time to start listening to them. And uh I mean they're the greatest band of all time. They just are. All all your favorite bands have ripped them off. And uh and don't get me wrong, the replacements ripped people off before them, but uh the replacements did it best. And uh also I don't know, the way the way they handled it and everything they did too. I mean, it's just they're one of the most interesting bands. They just are. Like you can you can talk about them forever. There's just so much and just the funniest. Sometimes I'll just think about them and just laugh at the shit that they did. Like just things like shaving off their eyebrows and going on TV and just like and then drawing eyebrows back on. Like things like that that are just like what like why? Like why did they do that? Like they just doing shit to shoot themselves in the foot, you know, or I mean the, the whole infamous Saturday Night Live, you know, performance and just the way that they didn't care. You know what I mean? Like I think that's part of that's part of the appeal and the allure of them is just the fact that they didn't really seem to care. And it's just funny how they took the piss out of everything. Like they're like they were writing the greatest music of the time. Like, I mean, including as College Rock goes, they're the greatest college rock band. You know, REM is is fine and dandy, and I mean they've sold ungodly amounts of records, don't get me wrong. Credit where credit is due. But uh, the the replacements there take the cake, in my opinion, is is the best like college rock band of the '80s, and you know, I mean, basically, are the reason all those '90 altern- all like all the '90s alternative bands were all influenced by the replacements. You know what I mean? Like all of that shit came from. You know, all of them were listening to uh, the Mats and trying to be Paul Westerberg. You know, the the mainstream may not have seen that or known who Paul Westerberg was. But uh, a lot of those people that they loved in the 90s were were basically like light versions of uh, Westerberg, you know, like Westerberg light. And, uh, you know, not not the real thing, something close, but not the real thing. But, uh, yeah, love the replacements, love talking to uh, Bill last week about them for a minute. And, uh, yeah, before before that interview started, too, I got to say and the interview went went really, really well. I love talking to him. Bill's a great guy. Um, just everything we talked about was fun. I love getting into the music industry with them too. But, uh, beforehand the, the fucking, the audio, whatever that thing is, that connector and iPhones now, since it's not just a regular like auxiliary Jack or headphone Jack, that stupid fucking adapter that you need now is like the bane of my existence. I cannot tell you people I've had. Literally, there. I won't, I won't say a bunch of interviews, but for one, there was one interview that all fell through and, I, and it never got rescheduled because I went to record and I didn't have that goddamn adapter. And I also didn't have a vehicle at the time and was 10 minutes before we were supposed to do the interview and just had no way of hooking up my stupid phone to the mixing board. And it was just like, I hate that thing. And and that was just that time. I've had some other scares where, uh, including in the beginning when I first, because I just finally got one of these, uh, I tried to fight it, but this is, this is my first iPhone with that stupid adapter in it. And I got it back in like February, I think. And uh, the first couple interviews I did, I would forget all about that. Like I would have everything with me. I'd be driving down to the studio and uh, thankfully it was sitting in my car, you know, because I had it hooked up to uh, listen to music. But I'd be in the studio, I'm all set, I'm getting ready to have the guest on, and all of a sudden I'd go, I can't hook up my fucking phone. And I'd go, it's that stupid adapter. I'd have to rush down, go grab it, I'd forget about it all the time. But uh, this time, anyways, I was when I was going to talk to Bill McShane last week, I uh, I had that, so that was no issue, But I had bought in one for like seven dollars at a gas station and uh, I thought nothing of it, you know, like whatever now I don't know if all of them do this. Maybe I just have a shitty one who knows but I uh, Go to use it and it will play music through the uh, through the adapter But it will not take you cannot listen to the phone calls It will not like play the phone calls through so I'm trying to use this thing so I can record my conversation with Bill through my iPhone to then go through the mixing board and uh, into Adobe Audition. And the fucking thing will not work. It will play music, but it will not play the phone call. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting here like running around trying to rush. That was the only one I had. The I didn't know where the official Apple adapter that I had was. I only had this shitty gas station one. And I guess I guess this is what you get for buying a seven dollar adapter. I guess that's what it is. But uh thankfully here at WRFA we do have the old landline, but uh I had not used it since I wanna say 2017 may have been the last time. Like probably three years ago, I did the first really like only the first couple interviews that we did on here, I did through the landline. And uh and I think I think other people use it. I'm not I'm not saying that uh, other people don't use the landline here. But uh I went to go use it. Not everything was hooked up. Like it wasn't working at first. And thankfully I got everything working and I'm just like, fuck, I hope I hope this works. Cause I, I had already had to reschedule with Bill and stuff, and I I always feel bad with technical difficulties. When you tell someone you're gonna call it like, you know, three o'clock and it's like three fifteen because you can't you know, just stupid things start happening. Um, you know, just the dumbest little things happen that just get in the way that you can't do it. And it's like, I, I, I'm like, I have to make this work. And, uh, thankfully we did. And at first too, we were having some weird stuff. Bill ended up, I, you know what though? It was all good because he was having technical difficulties as well. Because once I finally got the landline to work, um, I started calling him and his phone was going straight to voicemail. And, uh, and at first I'm almost like, I don't know, like, is he sending me to voicemail? And then he hit me up on, uh, on facebook messenger and he's like hey are you like trying to call me like i i keep getting missed calls but it's not like going through so thankfully that worked too it was i'm telling you people it it, like at first maybe that interview was not meant to happen we we had to fight through it all but uh thankfully we did and i didn't think it sounded too bad through the landline you know i mean obviously sounds like you're listening to someone through the other side of the phone but uh i thought he came in pretty clear and everything and i was like I was just so happy because like I said, I would not used that thing in like three years. And I'm like, I just hope this works. And, uh, thankfully it did. And yeah, I, I thought that was a great interview with him. I really enjoyed talking to him. And, uh, there was, there was actually a, uh website, a really cool music website the other day. That's good enough for me. They're called, you should go check them out. But, uh, they do a little podcast rundown of like podcasts every week. And, uh, They they wrote they did a little write up about that episode and uh, about me and me and Bill talking, which uh, I thought was awesome. They tagged us the other day on uh, Facebook and I'm like, oh, cool. What's this? And I looked and yeah, they did a little and we're up there with some great company, too. Like this was the scene. Really great podcast. Krista makes of Lesson Jake. His new podcast was on there. Um, Bunch of other ones, too. Bunch of really, really good ones. So shout out to them for uh, posting that and getting the, you know, spreading the word out there. And uh, yeah, if you've not checked it out yet, I mean, it's in the podcast feed, and uh, you know, I, I I've also said the preserving machine, the new uh, ultimate fake book record, one of my favorites of the year. So it was really fun to talk to him, and uh, you know, get to hear about the record and stuff. That's that's I love doing that on the show. Um, you know, to when you love a record and it's one of your favorites of the year, to get to talk to the person who uh, wrote it and you know, just ask questions and shit. You know, like as a fan, not as not as someone who's like you know, like, like, oh, I have to, you know, I need a guest and I have to write questions and stuff like, and I'm just doing this because I need someone like, it's not that at all. It's, you know, like I legitimately love this guy's music and I love this new record. And I want to talk to him as a fan about, you know, how the album was made, you know, you know, this is the first album in years from them, like how they got back together and just all that stuff, you know, like I'm curious of it. And, uh, you know, thankfully there's a lot of other people out there who are a fan of, uh, of the of ultimate fake book and a lot of other people who i've interviewed and uh you know they're just fans too and want to hear that stuff you know it's one of those things where i'm always happy when uh when i hear from people who listen to the show because there a lot of times you you do think you're like the only person who gives a shit about some of this stuff where you're like no one else probably really cares about some of these specific like questions or weird random factoids about bands and like certain songs or records and stuff but, uh, you know, doing the radio show now for four years and doing the podcast, um, you know, I, I've i met and talked to a lot of people who are into the stuff just as much as me, if not more, you know, meeting a lot of people, too, or even more hardcore fans of uh, things where it's really cool because you go from, like, am I the only one who gives a shit to, like, oh, no, like, there's a whole, you know, like, community of people out there who uh, care about this stuff and care about these bands and the music. So, you know, it also makes it worth doing it. But, uh yeah, loved loved doing it. Loved talking about the new Ultimate Fake Book record with a uh, Bill. He was a really, really good guy. And uh, you know, I mean, Ultimate Fake Book have been around for a really, really long time. But you know, this uh, this new record was like the first one of theirs that I uh, really listened to front to back. I'd heard, I'd heard some songs throughout the years. Like I've known who they were for a long time. And it, like like in college too. Like when I took music theory. They would always pop up in my, I, I forgot to tell Bill this too. It's just kind of random. But like when I took music theory in college, because if you don't know what a fake book is, a fake book is, is a book of, uh, of chords and like lyrics, like what, what it will be like if you know, like what a guitar tab is, it's not It's not a guitar tab. It's even more simplified where like you, you'll have the song and it'll have the songs, lyrics and over it, it will just have the chords. So there's no leads, it doesn't show you specifics, it's just a way to play along. It's just, it it lets you know the key, it lets you know where you're at in the song, and then, you know, you kind of, you're supposed to, like, you know, if you're, if you're like, it it lets you play leads over it, it lets you kind of do different shit, but it lets you kind of establish and know where you're at in the song, and just really kind of a simplified, like, honestly, I look at it kind of more even simplified than tabs, because I'm like, you're not even writing out, even if it's power chords, you're not even writing that stuff out, like... You just very simply, here's the chord that you play over these lyrics, you know, or, or for this measure. But uh, that's what a fake book is. But when I learned about fake books in a music theory class in college, ultimate fake book would just always pop in my head. Like, I don't, I may have heard even one or two songs. I just knew of them. And just anytime we talk about fake book, ultimate fake book, would just pop up in my head and, uh, they would distract me from, uh, from learning music theory. So I forgot to tell Bill McShane, but, uh, I wanted to thank him. I'm a shittier musician for it because, uh, because his band would pop up in my head instead of me, uh, paying attention to music theory and maybe becoming a better musician. I was, uh, I was thinking of that band who, uh, you know, plays with all my other favorite bands like the Get Up Kids and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, that, that's what a fake book is. I I, I didn't ask him either. I assume it, that's what it has to do with, too. But I've always wondered that because it's one of the – and it's funny now because Facebook exists. And he's like, yeah, you know, when we started, Facebook didn't exist. But now there are people who – if you're not a musician, you know or you you don't if you don't use a fake book, it's a pretty specific thing. You probably don't know what a fake book is. So there's a lot of people who do just assume it's Facebook. So uh, they do get called Ultimate Facebook quite a bit, which uh, which I thought was really funny. But uh, yeah, I had a great time talking to Bill. Got to thank him again for uh, calling in. And uh, yeah, just just such a such a good new record and such a great band. Who I mean, you know, is is really. They they're, they're kind of like the Benjamins like that. I I they do they do remind me of the Benjamins, which is another band I love and I talk about constantly on here and I'm a buddy with a few of a uh, few of the dudes from that band. But a uh, a band who like you know they listen like they have a replacements influence to them, but they also like have a pop punk like sound. You know what I mean like that in between where it's like they could play a show with Newfound Glory, but they could also go play a show with like the Replacements or Horse or, you know, kind of more like a power pop man or like a college rock man. Like that kind of in-between. You know what I mean? Because there is an in-between that exists, which I love. And uh, you don't find tons of bands who do it, which I don't know why. You think you would find more. But really that in-between where it's like, look at, like we love pop punk and melodic stuff and, we, and hooks and catchy shit. But it's like we also listen, you know, and a lot of times those people just listen to what you know, they go back further than a lot of other people do. Like they love the descendants and different things like that, but they also love, you know, the bands that influenced the descendants and the bands that came before them, you know, like that kind of thing that a lot of people don't do. And, uh, you know, I think, I think it comes through loud and clear in their music and, uh, I love it. I love the new record. I can't say enough good things about it, but, uh, yeah, you know, I love talking to him. Definitely. Uh, I'd probably go ahead and say it was like my favorite uh, episode of the month. Though we did we did have a couple really uh, fun ones. I know I took that week off for uh, camping, but also the uh, one earlier in the in the month with uh, Christian Lesperance of Jersey Interchange. That was another great one. I I loved talking to him, and uh, you know I, I I loved it too because I've I've you know through the show I've talked to a lot of people from like New Jersey pop punk scene, but uh, including on this one. I heard from a lot of people from that scene back then and uh, just really great compliments on the episode, you know, who uh, from the people who listened to it and just really welcoming and cool people. You know, like a, like not even not even a lot of people, like all the people I've ever talked to who were a part of that scene and, you know, who, who were at those shows or who were in those bands, either one, the spectators, the people who booked the shows, the people who are in the bands, whoever it is. They're so nice. They always have nothing but great words about the time there. You know, they they tell you all about it. You can hear the excitement in their voice. Like, they that was such a special scene. And, uh, you know, it's so awesome to see it so well documented, you know. Because a lot of those bands were pre-social media and were pre-internet. And now, you know, they're going back years from now, you know, and a lot of these uh, people are older now with families and stuff. But they have this archive of, you know, what they did like 20 years ago and they're putting it out there. And, uh, you know, for like someone like me who found this stuff, say, like 10 years ago, you know, years after all these bands disbanded and shit. And there's not much info out there. I love it because now there's all this stuff that I get to learn. And there's new bands I get to discover and, uh, you know, like different stuff like that. And it's just great. But uh, that whole community is just so welcoming. You know, all the, the all those people who are part of that scene years ago who now you know, like are part of the Facebook groups. And I mean, you know, like I mentioned earlier, this was the scene. I mean, it's a whole podcast dedicated to, uh, you know, that scene. And uh, funny enough, even though Ultimate Fakebook aren't from New Jersey, you know, I think they they definitely played shows in New Jersey a lot during that time and played with a lot of those bands who uh, were from that scene. And I know they were on, I know Bill was was on, this was the scene not too long ago, and uh, it, we, we've we had some overlapping guests, and uh, Mike Doyle is a really rad dude, also uh, the bass player of Elaine uh, Meyer, another great New Jersey pop-punk band. But, uh, yeah, that, that whole thing is special to me, and to get to, uh, you know, even if in a little way I get to be a part of it by, like, helping, you know, document this stuff is uh, really, really cool. And uh, I'm I'm happy I got to be a part of it. But that, that was another really fun one this month. And, uh, I think, I think those are really the only two guests because yeah, we, uh, you know, I did a, did this one and another solo episode talking about my favorite releases so far of the year, but, uh, yeah, I think our only guests so far this month or not, not so far we're at the, we're at the end of August now, but, uh, yeah, Christian Lesperance of uh, Jersey interchange and Bill McShane ultimate fake book. Um, just both great, great guests, great, great dudes. I love talking to them. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's always exciting. You know, I try to, uh, I try to get some really good guests on here and, uh, you know, I, I always try to, you, what you want to do is, is get, get a few at a time. You know what I mean? Like, cause if you want to ask like one person, there's a good chance they don't get back to, or even if they do come on, a lot of times things will happen and, you know, you got to reschedule or whatnot. So you want to, you know, you want to try to get multiple feelers out there and, uh, you know, get some more in. And that's, that's kind of like what I'm doing right now. I'm like, I'm kind of getting the next few weeks worth, basically like for September and a little further on too. Like, like you know, get the next wave of like guests ready and uh, you know, like who I should have on. And and it's fun, but it's also frustrating because like you go like first, I try to think of like okay, like who has new stuff coming out, you know, to like you know, so we have some stuff to talk about and promote and some you know like new stuff spread the word on. You start thinking about that. And then, you you know, you start hitting people up and then it's like, you you know, it's also a waiting game. Sometimes you hear back, sometimes you don't, sometimes you get yeses, sometimes you get no's. And, uh, you know, and then I also like to spread it out. Like, you know, like I know it's been a little while. We've uh, definitely done episodes on here, which I love doing on here. But uh, doing like the anniversary ones, you know, where I interview people about certain albums from their career you know, that have celebrated, you know, they're celebrating like a milestone anniversary this year. And like we haven't done one of those in a while. So it's like but it's like I also try to even that stuff out where I'm like, well, you know, I don't want every interview to be just that. And then it's like you also don't want just every interview to be about like just one thing, you know, like I don't want every interview just to be about the New Jersey pop punk scene, you know, like. So you try to you try to spread it out, you know, and try to have a nice even kilter of like, you know, different types of guests and stuff. And, uh, you know, kind of it spread out more so, you you know, so everyone's entertained. Like I said, you know, I don't want a whole month of just album anniversary interviews or a whole month of just, you know, podcasts about the New Jersey pop punk scene, you know, or like something like that. So, uh, you know, it it, it is fun, but, uh, you know, it's also kind of a definitely kind of a challenge. And, uh, and it's just one of the, it's just part of doing the show, but, uh, you know, I, I love doing it. And, uh, you know, if, if there's ever, if there's anyone that you would like to hear on the show, that's the other thing, you know, always feel free to hit me up and, uh, let me know. And I'll, I'll try, you know, obviously there's no guarantee. And the bigger the artist, like I'm probably not, uh, you know, like I would love to have Paul Westerberg on the show, but Paul ain't coming on the show. You know, there's obviously people who, you probably can't get but uh you know if there's anyone you want you want to hear on the show let me know and I'll try getting them on you know I uh I definitely want to want to get some people on there that uh people listening to this are fans of and you know help spread the word on some good stuff you know and I'm very excited to uh I've been out on social media but the radio show that uh, we do every Friday night. We are extending that now two hours a week, which uh, I want to thank 107.9 WRFA for not only letting us do the show now for four years, but, uh, yeah, for letting me from letting me extend the show. We are still we still do it 10 o'clock every night, um, 10 Eastern every Friday night, but uh, now it's going to be 10 to midnight, which uh, I'm very stoked for. And, uh, you know, the, the last uh, few months, you know, the more interviews I do from doing this podcast, I do much more long-form interviews. You know, some of... Uh, some of the uh, earlier ones I was just doing the radio show would, uh, you know, would would just be more, you know, like, like you would have to cut them, you know, because there's commercials and we only have an hour and stuff. So it's like it's kind of more regimented. And I, and I would have to kind of watch things where it's like, you know, after so many questions, you're like, OK, now, you know, like now we got to take a break and now we have to talk about this or, you know, we got to cut this and that. And uh, you know, doing the podcast, I try to do them more now. Where you know, I I don't edit them really. There's there's not really, not unless there needs to be, and there's really almost never a time to unless unless someone says something stupid, which really never happens. With guests, it's more friends that I've had on this show that uh, end up saying something really fucking stupid that you got that you got to cut out. But uh, you know, like, like I really don't try to edit. You know, interviews or anything, I just try to keep them, you know, unedited and just basically raw just because so you just hear literally just straight up the conversation we had. So, you know, with that, I mean, you, you've heard the interviews on here. I mean, some of them go for like an hour, hour and a half and stuff and uh, sometimes even longer. And, uh, you know, like with doing that, I they've been really cool on WRAFA where like, you know, because I don't want to cut it down. Like, I don't want to have to make a condensed version. Like if I have to, I will. And I have done that in the past. But, uh, you know, I want to air it as unedited as can be. So, uh, you know, they've been cool enough to let me go for two hours, you know, when, when I need to. I'm like, hey, you know, can we extend the show this week? Like last week we did it with Bill McShane. Like that interview went long. So, uh, you know, we, we did a two-hour show, which was really fun, too, because we got to do the, uh, you know, do the interview with Bill McShane. Then I played some uh, Ultimate Fake Book, and then we spent the last— uh, probably like 40 minutes, I'd say, celebrating the uh, life and legacy of Walter Luer who passed away about two weeks ago now, who was the uh, guitarist and uh, also occasionally singer of, of uh, Johnny Thunders and the Heartbreakers, as well as some other bands. And uh, he also played some lead guitar on a couple Ramones records and just all around just legend. And uh, the last surviving member of the Heartbreakers, and, uh, yeah, passed away at 67 was really, I mean, that that's pretty damn young. Though, I mean, really probably the oldest the oldest age of one of the heartbreakers to pass away. I think Billy Wraith or Billy Rath was like maybe in his 60s. Like, I, I think he was probably like in his 60s when he passed away. But uh, a, another one who died very young. And he died back in like, I think he died maybe like six or seven years ago at this point. But uh just so insanely sad to just think they're all gone, you know. Just all all four of the heartbreakers. Um, you know. I mean Richard Hell, who was in the band originally. I mean, you know, Richard Hell's still alive, but I think he is the only one, you know, and maybe a couple guys who like later on, like some of those some of those later shows that they'd play who uh like actually like I don't think Billy Wraith played or Billy I don't know if it's Wraith or Wrath, to be honest, but I think it's Wrath. Um you know great great bassist i just i just don't know uh I don't know it's one of those ones where I don't know I've ever heard anyone say his his last name out loud, so you just never know, <laughs> but I'm going with Billy rath, but uh hit me up and tell me I'm a fucking poser if uh, I'm messing up his name, which he is- another legend he's some great bass lines on l a m f but uh he he later on moved away, I forget what country he lived in, but he lived in a whole nother country, so like you know, I think I think some of those Heartbreaker reunion shows that they play later on, including in like the 90s, um, some of those final years like Johnny Thunder's, like I think they would have different people play with them. But, uh, I mean, the like the Heartbreakers lineup that everybody knows, the band that played on, on uh, LAMF, all of them are gone. It's insane. I mean, all four original Ramones are gone. All four Heartbreakers are gone. Like it's so crazy how many people from that original era – um, of like seventy seven punk and uh, and really before because I mean heartbreakers were like the precursor to punk, even though a lot of those guys like Johnny Thunders and I don't know how Walter Lure um, felt, but I mean a lot of those dudes in the band were like we're not punk, like we're not like we're we're rock and roll, we're a rock and roll band, you know. But uh, either whether they liked it or not, though, they influenced punk. I mean, you can't listen to LAMF and and go like yeah like. These guys, same with New York Dolls. It's like whether or not they think they were punk or that they were a precursor to it, you can't deny. Like even if you didn't like what punk was, you were you you influenced them insanely, even to this day. You know. But uh, Walter Lure, that that was fun. I, I played a bunch of Heartbreakers. I played stuff from the Waldo's and uh, some of his other stuff. Some of the things he did. a Great cover of a uh, Street Fighting Man with uh, the Ramones, where he did lead vocals on it and stuff, too. So I just played a bunch of different stuff from his career. But, uh, yeah, you know, the radio show, that was fun to do the two hours because it gives you more time to do stuff like that, to be able to interview or to air the entire interview and then play some Ultimate fake book and then still have time to be like, yeah, we're going to play like 40 minutes of, uh, you know, like Walter Lure's music. So, yeah, that that was really fun, and I'm very stoked that it's two hours a week now. And, uh, you know, with the stuff I play, too, I mean— I play all punk and alternative and a lot of shit that I'm playing is like two minutes long. So it's like you can fit so much music in two hours, you know, like even with talking, even with me yapping in between songs and whatnot. Like that's just so much music I can I can fit on there. Um, I I think to celebrate like this, uh, this next episode, I'm just going to play the we're going to see how many times I can play the decline in two hours. We're going to see We're I think like five or six. We were we should be good for so I, I think that that will be this next week to celebrate the new two hour uh, slot for the Power Court Hour. We're uh, we're just gonna play the decline a lot, but uh, yeah, I, I'm very stoked for that. So some cool stuff coming up for the show here in September. But uh, you know, before we get in, you know, to a brand new month here, I do have the new releases of uh, August here for you. I know I've uh, I don't know I I'm just here. That's that's why these rundowns are fun. I just, it's just kind of a way to Talk about what's come out and also just bullshit about music and what I've been doing for the month and stuff. You know, I I hope people enjoy this, but uh, I know we're about an hour in now, so I think it is time to get to uh, some new releases. White Reaper put out this really rad cover from uh, Cleaners from Venus. Their song, Only a Shadow, they just covered it and uh, a rad new single you should go check out. Guided by Voices, I mean, Robert just, I he writes songs in his sleep. I, I don't even know what, what number album this is for Guided by Voices. Like, record fucking 100. And that's probably not even accurate. This is like album 400 from them. But uh, Mirrored Aztec, got to go check that out. The Killers, Imploding the Mirage. You know, I've not listened to this record yet, but all I've heard is good stuff. And uh, I'm a casual Killers fan. I actually... Like last year, I went back and listened to Hot Fuss for the first time in like years, and like I, I think I'm more into it now than I ever was before. And uh, I'm hearing, I'm hearing people like, kind of like with the Strokes, I'm hearing people uh, compare it to the first two records, and also saying it's some of their best stuff. So I mean, I would definitely say go check it out. I still got to go check it out because if it's like that, I'm into that older stuff. I like the 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 last couple albums they've put out, some of the more like dancey stuff and uh stuff I'm not really into but there are there are some solid jams on those first couple records so if this is anything like that definitely worth checking out our buddy Joey Cobra a friend of the show who was on last uh, month and uh, really our first in-studio interview in studio interview and I don't know how long he just put out his second EP for the year it's called way too many mistakes and if you are and if you did hear our interview he said he has three releases this year So this is the second of uh, and we got one more later on in the year coming out. So definitely go check that out. Very cool. And want to also say big congratulations to him and his wife. They did uh, have a uh, child like a week or so ago. He another one on the interview. He announced uh, or not announced, but, you know, he he did say that, uh, you know, they're going to be having a child and they have since had the child. So big congratulations to him and his wife. And uh, very very cool. He uh, very busy man. You know, has a kid. Just released this. Like I said, has a third release on the way. It's kind of like what Guided by Voices. With uh, Guided by Voices, he's he's kind of the uh, Robert Pollard of pop punk right now. And uh, speaking of some really good pop punk, Slick Shoes just put out another single. It is called Visitors off their upcoming new record. That a friend of the show, Stephen Kravick, or uh, more I, I get it mixed up. Steve Kravick, and uh, also known as Stephen Bradley, and a uh, really great record that you should go check out. He put out last year, but uh, he produced this one, produced some of their other stuff in the 90s, and uh, seems like a match made in heaven. There's some really good stuff coming out on this new record. i I got to have those guys on. I'm, I'm really liking um, how this album's shaping out to come out, and uh, The Inevitables, really cool kind of super group, I would say, that uh, has members, we got Vinny from Less Than Jake, this is his new project. Also has members from uh, Real Big Fish, Bomb the Music Industry, Big D and the get, and the Kids Table, Night Bears for a Week, The Interrupters, and Westbound Train. And, uh, I mean, so yeah, a huge super group, if you will. But uh, they just put out their first single, Fort Lauderdale. And uh, I believe their Kickstarter Kickstarter's still up, but they were doing a crowdfunding thing. It's a very interesting project that, uh, with the music also has like an accompanying, like it, like a whole visual aspect where I want to say it's kind of like a comic book that it comes with. It's very, it's a very interesting concept. I'm not going to do it any, uh, I'm not going to do it any justice here, but check out the inevitables. And, uh, I believe the Kickstarter is still up to get a better idea of the project, but it's really, really cool. Um, very interesting. Vinny, Vinny always does, uh, very cool, interesting stuff, and anything he's involved with too, because I believe he wrote the lyrics for this. You know, are going to be good. I mean, he wrote he wrote with Less Than Jake. I mean, you know, if you don't know, I mean, Vinnie was the drummer in Less Than Jake. There, he just he just left the band like two or three years ago, and uh, he was like the key songwriter. He he wrote the lyrics for most of their stuff and uh, wrote some of the best. He really Less and Jake are underrated with that. Vinnie Vinnie is one of the best lyricists that there are and uh, easily the best lyricist in ska like hands down so you definitely want to go check that out Deftones got a new one and i've not checked out the whole thing but i've checked out a few songs and i love it it is ohms really rad elmart uh, work too i'm really into it i any any time they put something out i'm stoked and i was never i was never a new metal guy and i kind of feel like i missed it too i feel like i missed that boat too by a couple years like i was i feel like i was just a little young for it but, uh you know what though? I don't know if I missed the boat because when i even when I did hear a lot of it, I was never like I never had a phase where I was into like limp biscuit or corn or Lincoln Park or anything like that, and whatever cool if cool if you are, but uh you know, I definitely had friends who were, but the deaf tones are like that exception, you know, and I, I always hear that like I'm far from the only person, but like the Deftones are the exception of, like, that, like, quote-unquote new metal. Like, if you look at the bands that they're kind of associated with, the bands that they've toured with and stuff, like, they're the only band from that kind of scene and genre that uh, that I've ever really liked. But that that's also, that's a huge compliment to them because they also just transcend genre, I think. And there's a lot of people who you wouldn't think listen to them who listen to them. You know, they're, they're one of the best doing it, so you got to go check out that new record. Blink-182 have a new single out. is called Quarantine, and uh, I don't know. I guess it's worth a listen. It's it's just a short kind of—it sounds very Bad Religion-y um, for sure. It, it's worth—I'd say it's worth listening to at least once. Um, It's—I don't know. It's kind of a throwaway track, but once again, it's like it's Blink-182, so you kind of want to— you kind of want to check it out even though I'm not a huge fan of the of the Skiba era. You know, you're you're still curious of things. So, I'm sure you're curious of that if you haven't heard it yet. But uh go listen to it. It's it's them doing their best uh, version of Bad Religion. Shades apart who are actually going to play something from right now put out their first new record in years. Um really decades actually. It is called Eternal Echo. Really good stuff, and we're going to play you some new music right now. We'll kick off that block with Teach Me How to Live. It is some new shades apart for you right here on the August rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast. (laughs) On the August rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast, that was Jersey Interchange with their Saves the Day cover of Deciding, which uh, we got to premiere on the Power Chord Hour radio show earlier this month when we aired our interview with Christian. And uh, I love Saves the Day, so it was really, really cool to get to premiere that. And they just did such a solid job on that song. Before that, it was our buddy Joey Cobra with The Road off his new EP, Way Too Many Mistakes. Go grab that off his band camp and uh, go give some support to some local Jamestown music. And opening up that block of music was a new one from Shades Apart from their first album in uh, really decades called Eternal Echo. And that song was Teach Me How to Live. Before I let you go, we got one more thing here for the August rundown. And I got a few uh, music news stories here. From the month for you, the bouncing souls have announced a new record of reimagined versions of some of their classic songs. The album is going to be called Volume Two and is going to be released on Pure Noise Records here on October twenty third. And the track list includes songs such as "Hopeless Romantic," "Argyle." Highway Kings, Kids and Heroes, World on Fire, Ghosts on the Boardwalk, and a whole lot more. And uh yeah, they'll be out very soon. That is that is really cool too. I forget that's not their first release on Pure Noise, but uh, you know, as far as Pure Noise goes, really to see how far that label's come, that is pretty cool that they have the bouncing souls on there. I mean, I, I remember them from like, you know, I, I think they started in like oh eight, oh nine, maybe and, uh, you know, just following them, including back in the day, like with a lot of those uh, a lot of those early bands, like, you know, the story so far and handguns and like the split they did with transit and man overboard. And just back in the day, what and state champs and uh, forever came calling and all those bands like they were really putting out some really good stuff and they still are. But I mean, they were putting out some really the best like pop punk music. That was coming out in the early 2010s and, uh, you know, really a huge plays, a huge role, I would say, in a modern day pop punk. But just so cool to see them sign bands like the Bouncing Souls. And I've also had bands like Senses Fail and Reggie and the Full Effect and, uh, you know, and like our buddies in Hawthorne Heights and just like all these really big bands where you're like, wow, like that label has come a really long way. And uh, good for them. And I'm stoked to hear this. I love the Bouncing Souls. It'll be neat to hear these uh, these reimagined versions. I I don't know. It's always, I always have a curiosity with these. You know, like with the reimagined songs and stuff. Sometimes bands do it and it ends up really good. And other times it just doesn't end up, you know, the opposite of that. Just does not end up very good. But uh, it's always worth checking out, I think. You know, it's always, to me, it's always cool to see what they end up doing and uh you know like what they're changing like i know the men singers right now um are working on their their last record uh, hello exile they're doing like another a new version of it where uh, i believe it's going to be i don't know that they're reimagining the songs as much as they're like reworked acoustically but uh you know i'm i'm really interested in that and i'm also stoked for that you know anytime a band does something like that the, you know once again i think it's cool including like with the bouncing souls where they're not even just you know like re-recording like a record they're like just going through and it's like picking different songs and fan favorites and, uh, you know, kind of breathing new life into them. So I'm excited to hear what they end up doing with it. And uh, another one earlier this month, um, Tom DeLong posted on Instagram that he had a uh, spot lasered off of his face. And uh, while it was not a major health scare, nothing uh, nothing to be too worried about, um, DeLong had to get this one removed. And uh, he, he because he did have skin cancer there in the past, kind of in the uh, I believe it was like 2010, 2011 um, I remember he did, like, a little uh, PSA the first time he had it. He he did have skin cancer, and thankfully they had detected it early, got everything taken care of. But, uh, yeah, in his post he just said, you know, like, after, you know, it was kind of like a minor spot on his face, but once you've had that, you know, you don't want to mess around with it. So he had to uh, get it lasered off. But, you know, hopefully, you know, everything's good with him and, uh, you know, safe recovery and everything. Like, I, I don't think it was a major procedure or anything, but uh, yeah, you know, we posted that on there, let people know what was going on, and uh, yeah, you know, good, good to know that all that was like caught early, and you know that he's in uh, good shape. You know, you look at you look at different musicians from different eras, like we were talking about earlier with Walter Lure, and how all the heartbreakers are gone, and you know, I think there's there's certain eras and genres of music where you definitely see that more and more, and uh, you know, good good to know that like some of these some of these dudes are uh, you know keeping healthy and uh you know are are there for us for a long time not that not that Tom Tom's not very old he's like 40 something but you know you just there are some musicians and some uh you know like like punk has kind of changed i think that way like like not not so much from like the later era stuff like like you know they're not like they party and they do shit you know like no effects is like one where it's like you know yeah they're partiers and you know fat mike sings about doing pills and stuff like that but, uh, you know, and yeah, they obviously do it. They walk the walk. it's not like you know it's it's a, it's all a show or anything like that, but it is interesting, like there are certain bands and shit like the Heartbreakers, where it's like you know they all died pretty damn young, and it's like, but you listen to the music and like what the and like what they're singing about and what their lifestyles were and stuff, and like really that live fast, die young kind of thing, and uh you know i I think that is slowed down in punk music, which is definitely a good thing. But, uh, you know, a lot of those guys way back, way back then, you know, just, yeah, the reckless abandon. And also, you know, just later on with uh, stuff, you know, we've lost artists from some really shitty, you know, just just preventable things and like silly things. And a lot of it, too, just sadly, because, you know, they just weren't, uh, you know, didn't have the health insurance or, you know, couldn't afford procedures and stuff like that. And that's always very sad. So. You know, it's, uh, you know, just getting getting back to the topic, you know, very good to see Tom DeLong taking care of that stuff and that he is uh, still in good health. You know, he, uh, he to me, just like many others, huge, huge um, influence, you know, a reason I, I love all the music I do. You know, you, you, you can never, you never be too cool and be like, oh, yeah, you know, I only listen to this and that. It's like, no, nah, man, it's like, you know, I... Th- most of the music i listened to all started because i liked blink-182 and then from there i started checking out like the descendants and bad religion and screeching weasel and you know like all the bands that influenced blink-182 you know but uh yeah hopefully uh hopefully all is good with tom and uh you know safe safe and all that to him and uh another piece of news some more uh, this is this is more good news i would say but uh bay area punk band get dead have announced a brand new record And uh, it is called Dancing with the Curse. It is coming out October 9th on Fat Records. we got some good stuff coming out here in uh, October. And a music video for the first single called Disruption is out now. And you can also go pre-order the uh, record on the Fat Records website. Go grab it on CD or vinyl. And uh, this is going to be the band's first full-length in quite a while. Their last one came out on Fat Records in 2013. And that one was called Bad News. Really, really good release. Um, I actually remember on our very first episode of the radio show, I played Kerouac's Teeth off it, my favorite song off that album. So uh, one of the very first bands that we ever played on the show. But uh, yeah, it's been, it has been a hot minute since they uh, put out a full length and they did put out, I believe it was called Bygones, a uh, a seven inch back in like 2015, I would say. So like they haven't released anything in like five years. And as far as full lengths go, it's been about, uh, it's been about seven. So I'm quite excited for this. And uh, new music video is really cool. New uh, song is really good. I love them. They're they're one of those bands. It's very hard to pinpoint a genre or call them a certain thing. Like like you definitely hear some swinging utters in there, but you know there's there's a lot of other shit too. Swinging utters is another one though, where it's like they're another band where just so many different influences and uh, different sounds and stuff, you know. But uh, really interesting band. I always love what they do. They 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 keep you very interested. In uh, in what they're doing on there, and and it, it I I first saw them on the 2013 uh, Fat Records tour that they did, and uh, I remember afterwards, I'll never forget one of the one of the dudes hit me up when I was buying their uh, album. One of the dudes in the band hit me up for weed, which uh, I did not have, or else I'd have given him. And uh, I remember another member of the band, I don't I think he got like twenty dollars for it, was paid twenty dollars to get punched in the face by this uh by this girl. She gave him twenty bucks and uh she fucking punched him as hard as can be. The first one was not. At first she hit him, it was not a very hard hit. And then just fucking whacked him, and uh, he he definitely worked for that twenty dollars. I know no more context than that. I just watched it happen with a, another with a you know the crowd of people watching, but uh, it was hilarious. And uh, I don't think I want to be punched by her. She she packed a punch, but uh, the that's that's just what I always remember from that band. Um, which I think is hilarious. They're a great band, but yeah, like walking up buying the buying the CD and them like, hey man, you got any weed? And uh, and then watching another member get uh, punched in the face for $20. It, it was a good time. It was a very good show and a good time. But uh, with that, on that note, that is going to be the August rundown of the podcast. Thank you so much for hearing me uh, just kind of bullshit here for the last hour and a half. Hopefully you, uh, you, you heard some new music there that maybe you missed this month. And, uh, you know, if you missed any of our interviews, go back. And that's the beauty of the podcast. You can go back through the feed. And uh, listen to anything you missed. Go follow the show if you will. We are at Powercord Hour on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We are on Sound or not? Actually, we are on SoundCloud. Some of our uh, old interviews, but not very much. You're not going to find much there. But uh, we are on Spotify, and uh, we're also on YouTube. If you're not listening there. You can uh, go there, find all our old interviews and podcast episodes and other goodies on our YouTube page. I put up a playlist on uh, Spotify every week from the stuff I play on the radio show. And that's the other thing, also check out the radio show every Friday night now for two hours, 10 to midnight Eastern and uh, 7 to 9 Pacific Standard Time. We're on every Friday night on 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. And uh, you can stream the the uh, station on our website, WRFALP. So, uh, you know, check that out every week. Shout out to them for letting me do the show for an extra hour now every week. I'm very excited for that. And hit me up, powercordhour@gmail.com. at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, if there's any guests you want to hear on the show, also let me know your favorite uh, fall records and songs. And uh, if you would like a free Powercord Hour t-shirt, go rate and review the podcast. Send me a, a screenshot at our email or on social media, whatever. Just send me a screenshot somewhere, and uh, I'll send you a T-shirt, some guitar picks, and stickers absolutely free as a thank you. And, uh, yeah, that is going to be it. Until next week, we'll have another episode for you. But until then, for the Power Chord Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.